0: Hey everybody, this is John with Ubali Reports, the one website that provides fact, not fiction as it comes to issues facing America, whether globally or domestically. And with me is always my cohorts, Joe Bitz, former combat Marine who served in Iraq and unfortunately was wounded in Iraq, but he's fine now. And Ray Krause, another veteran Marine who served his time in the Marine Corps. So we're trying to bring back fact, not fiction, things that you normally wouldn't hear and a lot of the mainstream media on a variety of issues. And today, like always, we're going to be talking about some issues regarding the Trump raid and issues concerning voters, especially after last night's uh, primary elections in the various states. So we just want to cover issues that our voters are concerned about, not what Washington is concerned about. So how's it going, Joe? How's it going, Ray? Great. How are you, John? I'm doing good. Good day at work. A lot of was slow at some points, but then it heated up at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, same here. My job's a little bit more physical than most. And you're outside. Yeah, in Florida in August, so yeah, it kind of gets a little. I lost like eight pounds today. Serious? <laughs> yeah, I haven't even eaten dinner yet. So that might change at the end of the by the end of the night. But yeah, I I'm know sure that I, will. I know I'm at least eight pounds down right now. Okay, but a lot going on. There's still a, little, a lot of backlash from the Trump raid.
0: Correct. I mean, the big thing is going to happen tomorrow. This is where the justice, I mean, the, the, the attorney or that turn. Excuse me. The judge is going to make a determination if he wants to release or is going to allow the release of the affidavit that precipitated the subpoena. The president, former President Trump, he wants the affidavit released. The DOJ doesn't. They're citing that there's ongoing other investigations that could hamper this, and this could hamper future investigations, so they don't want it released. My guess is, talking to listen to some legal scholars who are more familiar with criminal justice matters, that they probably won't release the affidavit until – because typically they release it once an individual has been formally charged. So if they're not going to formally charge the president – then I doubt they're going to release it. So we'll have to see. And it, But this further strains everything because people want to know what's in it. The longer you string this along, people start to wonder what's there, what precipitated, what started this considering other issues.
2: I mean, I question the legitimacy of the whole thing. I mean, th- we've seen a, a pattern now of all these different investigations against Trump, and now we're here – Do you think there's any foul play going on by the other side,
0: doing this? That, but see, people can go two ways. They say we got to wait for the FBI. We got to give them time. But you got to remember, the FBI and the DOJ don't have the greatest track record. Now, remember, James Comey leaked information to his law school, a law law school, but to get a special counsel investigation. Andrew McCabe, who was the deputy FBI director. He lied four times under oath that he wasn't the leak to the media, and then he oversaw the investigation of the Russian collusion where one of the the lead attorney, Kevin Kleinsmith, altered evidence to submit it to a judge, basically lying to a judge, altering evidence to get a warrant, a surveillance warrant off of Carter Page. So you have that aspect, and then you have the Inspector General Michael Horowitz he pulled out 29 random CIPA, excuse me, FISA applications, and he found minuscule evidence or no evidence to back up the claim, but they still got warrants anyway. So you see how malfeasance at the Justice Department, and then you see how investigations went with one side, very soft, very easy, gave them all due deference, but on the other side, you saw something totally different. So, I mean— It's good, and that's the problem. It's you're all about your credibility. And if they seek problems, what you did before, and people are seeing, not just from Republicans, even independents are seeing, why did you take personal photos in his passports?
2: Right. And that was all that was, wasn't that illegally obtained or because they gave back his passports, correct?
0: They did. That's what they heard. But I mean, what was in the investigation that you had to take pictures? Right and why did you go through Melania Trump's uh, closet and her dresser drawer? What does that have to do with this? Hold on,
1: I maybe validate that cause. I mean, who really wouldn't want to see what's in Melania's closet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the I point. mean, when it comes to ranking the first ladies, I mean, Melania is like number one, right?
0: I don't correct. That, yeah. I mean, okay, but here's the thing: I talked to a vice police chief. He's at a low. Is at a city here in outside of Orlando, and I got just to get more of an insight onto how warrants go. You can look into anything, like say if you're looking for a pencil or a pen, yeah. you can only look in drawers where a pencil and pen would hide. If you're looking for something bigger, you can only look in areas where that would be. So, and then they kept it very broad. Even I know I re- reference him a lot, but as Jonathan Turley the constitutional scholar? But even Alan Dershowitz and other. Uh, constitutional scholars like Michael Mulchasey, who was the attorney general under George Bush uh, Jr. And others have said this was very broad. This was very intrusive. And then, like, one of the questions Jonathan Turley put out last week is when Merrick Garland on Thursday stated that he would like to have used other intrusive methods if they were all possible, but what were those other – methods why didn't you send a second subpoena to get those records and why such a massive force when you could have just sent a couple fbi agents
2: right and it only produced what 10 11 12 something like that documents. yeah and
0: that's what we're relying on them and then when we kept hearing in the news they were looking for nuclear nuclear related information at the resort but if you were so concerned that they had the most sensitive of u.s secrets why did you wait from June? Then you got the, I think they got the subpoena or the warrant in August, and then you waited days before you instigated the search. So why, if you were so worried about these new, these top secret documents, that you didn't do this? So that was the question.
2: Well, and that, and actually well, the point I want to get to is actually amazing that, they're so concerned two years after the president has those codes, but they also haven't done anything with General Milley and what he did Correct. all the way back when Trump was still the president, right? Correct. And he was talking to a Chinese general yeah, it, about the nuclear codes or, or something along the lines of that?
0: Well, what he was doing, he was talking to reassure the Chinese military leadership that everything is going to plan. One person can't launch nuclear codes, but... Who gave them the authority to do that? I know they talk to their counterparts, but this is something special. But then you go back to President Obama. He had inf- classified material. So did George Bush Jr. So why in this level? And if this was such a...
1: It was a display of power, right? It wasn't it like the DOJ or even like the Biden administration kind of flexing, saying, look, we got you. Don't even... It was almost like, hey, don't even try to run in 2024... We're just going to make your life a living hell.
0: And some of the comments were like that. And then one of the charges they were looking at is espionage. Like Trump is given secrets to the Russians, but yet Hillary Clinton had a private server where she directed all emails, including the most sensitive of U.S. secrets, to a private server. And we don't know if that was hacked by the Chinese the Russians, the Iranians, or the North Koreans—we don't know.
1: I want to take something out of play. I really do because it's—I mean, they're kind, it's always comparison. We gotta, we have to have a valid argument without pulling Hillary email in there. I mean, if we can prove an argument, if we can prove a valid argument without throwing Hillary's emails or without throwing Hunter Biden into the whole mix of the investigation, if you can prove a good point just on them raiding Trump's home alone. I think you have a valid argument, well, you, but every time you people just keep on going to the well of Hillary, this, Obama, well, I think, that. I
0: think the reason we do, and I think you're correct on one aspect, is you got to prove your point. But when you also look in the criminal justice realm, if you're going to use the full force of the U.S. government to go, this is the first time it's ever happened. I mean, think about it: the first time in U.S. history, a former president home was raided. Now let's look at some of the past presidents. And we if we let's say we look at Richard Nixon was forced to resign because of some malfeasance he did while in office, but they didn't raid his home. They didn't take any of his aides and pull him off aircraft, handcuff him and strip search him. Yeah, there's a good question.
2: All right. I'm going to take this from the most high child. Uh, Why did Trump take things had no business taking?
0: The question, okay, that's a valid, good question. We don't know what was taken, what was declassified. We're only getting this information from the media.
1: Yeah, we don't even know if there's been a crime committed.
0: We don't like, know that. Yeah, Same I mean, it is a good question. It is a good question because the president can down, can declassify everything, but we don't know what was taken. We're only relying on the FBI and the DOJ to said we gathered this information. We gathered this material. We don't know what they gathered. Some things we do, but we're getting too much from the media and we're seeing the DOJ cherry picking items to release to the media. They should clam up and not release anything. So, I mean.
1: Well, I know why defend Trump? Why not just kind of put him in the whole lot of everybody else of Hillary and Obama and like stuff like that? Why even bother?
0: Because the reason I think this is important, and like I said many times before, you may hate Trump, or you may like Trump, or you may be ambivalent on the whole matter. This is just politics. Both sides do it to each other. But the rule of law is paramount. Now, Alan Dershowitz made a comment. He didn't use it as a legal term, but he said it's called the shoe on the other foot. You can't complain of what the other guy's doing if you're not going to look at what your side is doing. And I've talked to, in the job I work at, because we provide law enforcement materials to state, federal, and local law enforcement officials. And I talked to a gentleman today. Law enforcement and the citizenry, you can say they're equal. But law enforcement should be one step above, meaning if they do something, because they're talking about your life, they can make your life a living hell. So if they do something, they should be held to a much higher standard than you or me. So if, we're, if we lie to the FBI, we're held accountable. But if the FBI lies, nothing happens to them. So why would you have faith in our justice system, our law enforcement system, if law enforcement is allowed to lie, but you're not? So
1: I saw something good on TikTok where they were saying, this gentleman was saying, Okay, he didn't declassify anything. Do you have to document anything you declassify? Or is it like someone's walking by with a bunch of boxes and he does like the cross and be like, you declassify? No, it (laughs) doesn't
0: work like that. There's a process. How you declassify, you have to record everything that declassification. You have to have everything marked. So we don't know what was declassified and what wasn't. Because we still don't know what, I mean, they labeled what they have in the boxes but we don't officially know what was in those boxes.
1: Was the stuff that they found even on the premises, I heard it was like in some like pool, like storage room or something well, like there, that. Well,
0: there were some things that were in the storage room. And back in June, the I think it was the DOJ, and I can't remember what entity, they just said, well, to be secure, to be put a better security on it, put another lock on. So this is kind of the point that Jonathan Turley had mentioned is if this was such a need to get those top secret documents why did you wait from june until just recently to raid his facility
1: and that's a lot of like that's almost we like You don't a, know but that's a loophole from a like a lot of things like if i were to if ray was working for me in a union type setting and i was to fire him but i'm like Uh, but I'm going to wait till after he's done working to fire him. That gives him justification to go back after me that if whatever I did was so egregious for you to fire me, you should have fired me right then and there. And it's the same thing. What you're saying is that if they, if he has something that is so important they should have got it back in June. Not wait all. It's almost like they were waiting for like it to be like a spectacle. Almost you are trying to make it like a spectacle. Like look at we're doing. We're going after former President Trump. Ooh wee, he did some bad things. We're not going to tell you what those are. But he did some bad and things. And that's
0: see that also goes back to the rule of law. Why is certain groups held or certain individuals held to a higher standard or treated far differently? And the other side. And I know what you said earlier in this, this segment of Hillary Clinton, Hunter Biden, and many constitutional scholars when it comes to Hunter Biden, you have a laptop, you have all this information. Why aren't you putting out a special counsel just to, be the in, to have the independency that you're not doing the bidding of the president that you serve, but because the special counsel will have to issue a report and it would highlight the potential business dealings that President Biden and his son had with China, Russia, Ukraine, and other entities.
1: I don't think it's that big of a deal now, but it's, like you said, it's definitely going to set precedent for the next oh, yeah. coming administration because they're just going to be like, okay, if this is what we do, guess what? We're going to look into your past Biden, and then the same thing's going to happen to the next administration. Well, but
0: it's even like, okay, take the January 6th commit. I know everybody's fired up about that, but- You had Dick, former Vice President Dick Cheney, do a campaign ad for her her daughter. And he said in the thing, she's doing the right thing. She's going to make sure to go after Donald Trump. Well, the whole purpose of the January 6th committee was to investigate what happened. Now, everybody can have their opinions, but this committee is very partisan. You had the Speaker of the House, the leader of one party, denying for the first time in history the minority party to have representation. And in this committee, unlike even Watergate, Watergate was bipartisan. They had a special counsel go through. They had Richard Nixon could bring his attorneys, his witnesses, challenge the evidence, and it was done in an equitable manner where both Republicans and Democrats, and if you remember, during the Watergate hearings, the Democrats controlled the House and the Senate, but they still allowed the Republicans to have a voice. And there was bipartisanship on this committee. Nancy Pelosi refused to have Republicans come on. They refused to have. Well, they, there, there was two Republicans on there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were But they refused to have evidence challenged. It would be like, I'm taking you to court, but mm-hmm. only the prosecutor can bring witnesses up. Only the prosecutor can bring up evidence. You can't challenge that, and then at the same time, the evidence they big, they brought up, they cherry picked it. They never talked about President Trump saying to his supporters, "Yeah, go to the Capitol, but protest peacefully." That wasn't brought up. And right. then,
1: Hey, Catherine brings up said she's, the GOP refused to participate in the Janice hearing.
0: That's not accurate because Jim Jordan and others, so they selected who they wanted, but Nancy Pelosi refused to have those individuals. Because they wanted to bring up, if we're trying to find out what totally happened on the January 6th, why wasn't the National Guard called? President Trump asked to have the National Guard called up, but if he didn't get the, not the support, if he didn't get the authority from the mayor of D.C. and or Nancy Pelosi, who controls the Capitol Police, they said no. Why? Why wasn't the Capitol Police better prepared? Did they Were they told to stand down? We don't know these answers.
1: So going into our next segment when it comes to the election, I think I just found, I just figured out a phrase. I'm going to coin it right now. It's okay. called the Trump bump. The Trump bump is like if Trump backs you or endorses you as a, as a candidate, you're more unlikely to take it because it was the Trump bump that kind of, was it the Trump bump that pushed it over for Cheney, like that got that kind of got knocked
0: no, out. Cheney, I, she was going to get knocked out anyway. Every, former Speaker of the House Tip O'Neill, liberal Democrat from West, I mean um, Massachusetts, said, "All politics is local." Liz Cheney focused more on going against Donald Trump and less on her district, less okay. on her district or state. Uh, <laughs> now there was a Trump bump on a lot of candidates, and as much as they say he doesn't have much voice. Well over 90% of all the candidates that he supported won. But really the big issues going into November 8th midterm elections is inflation, the economy, crime, immigration. These are the tangible issues. And Americans are fearful. That I mean, I work at a law enforcement supply shop. We do sell firearms. And I have people who are coming in. This is the first time they're buying a weapon because they're scared because they're seeing crime. I know they passed the Inflation Reduction Act. The Congressional Budget Office said it's going to raise taxes on those making less than forty. I mean, four hundred thousand dollars a year. Hold oh, on,
1: the, the president said it's not going to affect those making under well, four hundred thousand.
0: I would say he's wrong. And then you had the Congressional Budget Office said this is not going to reduce inflation. And it's sad to say, Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, who held up on a lot of these issues, he even said today, well, this isn't going to have immediate impact on inflation. Well, the public, when you go to the grocery store, as, infl- as the price has gone down, no. You go to any retail store, your prices have gone up. So they're fa- this is what they're facing right now. They can't wait till 2027 when most of this stuff takes place.
2: So Tony Precious Denise, hopefully I got that right, said Republicans haven't passed any legislation in 15.
0: That's not accurate as well. They didn't control the Congress for a certain period of time. When Trump was president, they did pass tax cut, tax reform. And I know everybody says, well, this benefited the wealthy. But even the Washington Post gave President Biden four Pinocchios when he said this. Congressional Budget Office had stated that more revenue flowed in. But I'm not sold you have to pass legislation to show how you're successful. Well, we do. Regulations came down. Business startups went up. He became more, the government became more effective. So we
1: also have Jim that says Biden doesn't control inflation. What do you say about
0: that? And Partly that's true and partly that's not. He doesn't control inflation in some aspects, but he can make it harder since he came in one of the biggest drivers of inflation, even though it's not tied to the consumer price index, is energy. He made a, We used to be energy independent. Now we're not. But a lot of companies use energy. Fossil fuels is involved in every piece of things that you touch or wear. So when you make that more expensive, you port more regulation. And then what you've done with inflation is you spent, today that's reported, since he became into office, he spent almost – four trillion dollars you spent money on the demand side but you've never fixed the supply side well, meaning are we still got supply chain disruptions we still have baby formula shortages we still have and businesses are fake i work out of business We ship things and we're still having shortages or supply chains that we don't get our items that we need.
1: Well, everybody should know that Trump back in the beginning of his presidency, he passed the Inflation Act and it was supposed to be starting to come to fruition in 2022. So I guess that's how it works. No, I was just trying. I was, I was, but also Mr. Tom Fusco. He says that you're not accurate, which I beg to differ. But he says (laughs) they gave the rich people a huge tax break. But that was almost like that almost worked as like Reagan's trickle down economics, where a lot of these businesses were getting huge tax breaks, and they were giving bonuses to their employees.
0: Well, no, that's not accurate because there's Tax Foundation, Congressional Budget Office. Those that benefited from their tax break, tax cut were at the bottom spectrum of, the, of economics. That's why if you look at the last three—we haven't looked at Joe, Joe Biden quite as yet on this, but George Bush's income increased, I think, $500 under George Bush. It was 15, it was $1,500 under Barack Obama and $5,000 under Donald Trump. And he, as much as President Biden talks about his economic and especially unemployment— But we were still about a million and a half jobs short. And the labor participation rate is a full percentage point and a half lower now than it was in February 2020. So.
1: So what is there to look forward to? What's going to be going on in Florida? Has there been like a lot of have we seen a lot of primaries kind of like shift?
0: Not really much in Florida In other states. There has been. But the key is. The general election is the like I said, the issues that are impacting America is is education, but the key one is the economy, inflation, education, crime, the border. I did a a TikTok on it, is because I talked to federal, state, and local law enforcement officials, and each of them that's involved in like drug task force and stuff. And I talked to one. Individual from the county, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, who's on a drug task force and does a street crime. And I go, What's the big drug on the street? And he goes, Fentanyl. I talked to a federal law enforcement official who deals with customs working with the Coast Guard outside in the, the harbors of Tampa hmm. and then Miami. I go, What's the biggest what drug coming in? And he goes, Fentanyl. Fentanyl is pouring across the border. So there I think the reason why President Biden doesn't deal with immigration. And because if he had to deal with fentanyl crisis, then people would ask him why there's over two million illegal immigrants pouring across the border. And that's why you see the spat between Governor Abbott, the governor of Texas, and the mayor, Eric Adams, New York, and Muriel Bowser, the mayor of Washington, D.C., because he's shipping these migrants to... New York and D.C., these are sanctuary cities, yeah. and they're up in arms. But why? But here's the question. We don't have why, the
1: infrastructure for them. Yeah,
0: but why weren't they up in arms when President Biden, in the middle of the night, had plane loads of illegal migrants come to those cities? They were eerily silent now, yeah. then— but now they're vocal, their voicing their opinions now. Why? Yeah, because
1: it's at their front door, yeah. of course. As but they-
0: but why weren't they complaining when President Biden sent illegals in? But they only complain when a Republican does it.
1: Oh, I think it's they're just trying to play politics. It's just oh yeah. But we do have like a little bit of time left, and Ray's been doing his research when it comes to Second Amendment stuff, okay. and also like seeing things that like this Inflation Reduction Bill has in store for it, but what kind of things have you discovered along the way?
2: Well, I have discovered the weaponization of the IRS, an accounting agency. They bought... The approval was officially $700,000 worth of ammunition sold by the U.S. government to the accounting agency. Okay. To say that. And then they just got approved with 4,500, quote-unquote, assault weapons, as we know, semi-automatic rifles. Yeah. So, so they're uh, trying
1: to take away our rifles, but they're trying to give themselves theirs. Well,
2: and they are one of the many agencies that the federal government has that is exempt from their make-believe assault weapons ban.
0: Well, uh, but that goes back to... The IRS, what do you call it, when they put a, a post out saying they're wanting to hire these agents and they put have the ability to use deadly, deadly force. force and also yes. they took it down. But before Frankly. we get into that, there's one thing I want to bring up before we pivot back to you again. One of the comments was Mexico put $1.5 billion for border security for Biden, not Trump. But even then, okay, maybe they did. I, don't, I would have to verify that fact.
2: Didn't Trump say Mexico was going to pay for the wall? Yeah, but well, I there you ha- go. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. Done. But, but here's the point:
0: if I got to have to look at that statement, did they put up that money? But we still had close to two million illegal migrants cross the border last year. We're, now the fiscal year ends September 30th, we passed two million illegal migrants coming into this country. This year. We could be up to two point three to two point four million by the end of the fiscal year. We've beaten the record of last year, so he beat his own record. So all these things go in to a lot of these problems. That's why you see fentanyl just pouring across and we're not talking about the Godaways either. And then when you have Alondo was it, Secretary of Homeland Security, Majorca, say the border is secure, and you kinda want to ask, What border are you talking about? So
2: so here's a question that okay. I have for you then. How come Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, how come he's all mad? How come he's mad because they're supposed to be welcoming the illegal immigrants and Texas is overflooded, so they're sending them to New York City. Shouldn't they be welcoming
0: them? And that's the point because he's he's mad at Eric I mean he's mad at Greg Abbott, but like I said earlier, why wasn't he upset when President Biden flew my illegal migrants to New York city and they welcome, they, they didn't welcome them. They didn't do anything. But yet when they come now, they got all the media coverage. There was no media coverage then. Oh, so, so
2: it's not a big deal.
0: So it's not a big deal when a Democrat does it, but when a Republican does it, they always playing politics and considering when you've got 10,000, close to 10,000 a day coming across, that's overwhelming those border cities. There are only 30,000 people like Uvalde, Texas. A city about what 30,000? Yeah. Can they handle no. 10,000 a day? No. It just can't. It's just it's wrong and it's playing politics and I wish the but I wish the media would also hold the president to account. <clears throat> what are you doing about the the fentanyl crisis? That kills more people between the ages of 18 and 49 than the top six diseases including the coronavirus
1: all right john so people they have a lot of questions and if they weren't answered or do they have something to ask or tell you via email how can they do that
0: you can go to ubaldireports at gmail.com that's ubaldireports at gmail.com or you can check us on all the social media sites we do things on Twitter, tiktok as well i do appreciate we may not agree on every issue. But I do agree with all the comments that come in. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to have a, a dialogue. We may not agree, but at least we can discuss this in a rational manner. And I, I appreciate everybody was pretty civil about that. So I appreciate I appreciate my co-host Joe and Ray for questions and helping out on this. And we're trying to do this every day. So if we hopefully we can get some, what do you call it? Advertisers. Right? Advertisers mm-hmm. so we can do this every day. And then we can get better things and we can provide more information to the American people. So you can make up your own decision and vote the way you want to vote.
1: All right. So everybody have a great day, and we will talk to you soon. And keep listening to Ubaldi Reports.